Welcome in again to another edition of The Voice of Camp Nathaniel. We've made it to August. August? Yeah. How did we get here? I don't know. We're recording this in June, but we've made it to August. Maybe that's why I'm confused. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm very confused. Hey, Stephen Bell with you again here on The Voice of Camp Nathaniel, coming at you with the ever mirthful and gregarious... I'm going to need definitions for these. <laughs> these this, is, of the day. this is Lee Sharp. <laughs> there, and and Stephen's literally looking up adverbs on his phone they're, right they're now. They're adjectives. Thank adjectives. you very much. Okay. We've got to get That's our grammar funny. right. Uh, mirthful. <laughs> joyful and cheerful is what that means. Okay, I'll take that. All right. Gregarious. You look a little concerned with that one. It's a pretty strong word. It actually just means sociable. Ah, sociable. That's okay. all it means. Yeah, it means it means sociable. There you go. Hey, uh, in the studio with us right now, we've got uh, we have a third voice. We here. do have a third voice here, don't we? So uh, it's not just myself and Lee on this edition of the Voice of Camp Nathaniel, but again, like we said, yes, it is August first, but we are recording this in the middle of summer camp, and we have one of our camp speakers here with us. Mm-hmm. That uh, oddly enough, Lee, you've got a little bit of a y- you share some history we do we go way back yeah so uh everyone make welcome to the program mr devon goings hello (laughs) everyone (laughs) everyone everyone clap (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute uh Sorry, man. No, I forgot no, we ha- I forgot we have a, a panel of special buttons. That- I mean, would you have rather had this one? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that might be a little bit more accurate. Uh, hey, uh, Devon, how you doing, man? I'm well, man. Great day to be That's alive, good. so I can't really complain. That's right. That's right. Well, um, Lee is going to yep. guide us through some questions, and, and, sure. and, and we're going to kind of revisit that statement of what I said because you guys... So the, uh, the connection there... There is, is that, a connection. ...is that we both went to the University of the Cumberlands. Go Pats. Pats by 98. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Devon's or, still there. Or some of our yeah. people who have are... From the path, it would be the Cumberland College. So yep. we got to throw oh, that out there, true. too, because there's probably some Cumberland when College. Did th- when did that switch over happen? Early 2000s, I think. Was it really? Yeah. Was it that long ago? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty long. Man. Long ago. Early know, 2000s, Travis. long ago? Yeah. Uh, it depends yeah. on who you're talking to, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's fair, too. Relative <laughs> there. Wow. Okay. Well, actually, never mind. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, so, so you're still at the Cumberlands. I am. Um, and you're doing some ministry things there. So I'll go on and yeah. ask you what. Uh, Let I, the I, interview I, begin. What's, okay. what's the story? So what, what do you what do you do at Cumberlands? What do I do? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> you, you said that as if. Let me think. What I mean, do it I really do? is. Well, <laughs> what, is, what is my job? Hmm. So part of it is, um, so I guess I'll give some context too. So I came to Cumberlands in 2013. I uh, came there as a student to Russell and I did political science, criminal justice. And for a long time, I thought I was going to do military or federal law enforcement. So I thought I was going to, you know, leave. Um, yeah. But here we are. So <laughs> ended up getting plugged into Res Life. I was a residence hall director for a little bit. And then after that, I worked for campus ministries and I did sports ministry there. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of January, I actually moved positions and okay. I'm currently the director of diversity and inclusion um, at so UC. What, so what is that? Yeah. Very so. Cool. And that's been and that's been some of the question because it's yeah. like how do we how do we do this from a distinctively Christian perspective, yeah. right? Dis- distinctly mm-hmm. Christian position. Um, and I mean, a lot of it is going to start with you know the fact that all people are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, that God is, or excuse me, that diversity is something that God has made, and that it is to be seen like from the lens as God is the Creator, right? Absolutely. Um, another thing, and I mean, y'all are kind of. I guess I'll just kind of take y'all into some of my process. No, and go for it. Come on, man. We're yeah, on for man. the journey. 
No, I mean, it's been, it, it's been good because, I mean, there's obviously a lot of baggage, I guess, that comes with that term. And there was mm-hmm. some that I was kind of like, oh, man, I mean, I don't even like having that title because, gotcha. you know, a lot of the assumptions that kind of come with it. Um, but then I started thinking to him, like, okay, well, you know, Christ redeems and uh, even redeems terms to some degree. So yeah. how is it that we can utilize this position for um, the advancement of the kingdom through the proclamation of the gospel and being able mm. to apply uh, what the Bible has to say about diversity um, and inclusion. Um, so yeah, how do we use that as a means to share the gospel with people that are in a, that are going to take different assumptions that we are. So, and that, and that is really unique because I don't, I don't know. Cause, cause I know you've got these positions that are on mm-hmm. campuses all over America, mm-hmm. but, but I don't know how many of those positions where you have someone in that position that's coming at it with a gospel centered mindset right. for a king, for a kingdom purpose. Right. And and yeah. that's un and and that is coming into it being unwavering in regards to the word of God. Right, right. No, I mean it's been so. I recently I'm I'm a student at Reformed Theological Seminary, and um, probably about two years ago, I think I can't even remember. Time has been flying by. <laughs> um, I took an apologetics class, and one of my professors gave a really helpful analogy that I've been thinking about a lot as I've been in this position. Um, and he was basically saying, he's like, you know, sometimes whenever we have conversations with people, we can be talking about a certain topic. So let's talk about, let's say diversity right now. Mm-hmm. And basically whenever we do that, it's like, we're talking about the floor and I promise this will make sense here in a little bit. Got it. So whenever we're having a conversation about something, we have these like, so diversity is the topic we're looking at the floor. Well, if you know anything about carpentry, you realize that under the floor, there's trusses that are actually holding up what the floor is. Right. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, he was saying, if we want to have productive argument or productive conversations about something and even persuasive arguments, apologetics, we want to get down to the trust level of the arguments. So now the question is, OK, well, what do we mean when we're talking about diversity? What do we mean when we're talking about? Um, I'm trying to think of another topic. I don't know why, but abortion is coming to my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. like, what are some of the underlying assumptions that people take in with that conversation? And then whenever we get down to those trusses, that's when we can have productive conversation. Um, I'll give kind of an example that might hammer this in. But a few years ago, I was actually downtown Williamsburg was holding a, a Juneteenth event. So I was like, all right, cool. Like, let me slide through. Uh, so I went down there and I ended up having a conversation with this one guy. And I don't know how we got on this, but I was like, hey, man, like I'm a Christian. He's like, all right, yeah, that's cool. I used to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. I was like, what does that mean? Um Anyway, and then he he kind of goes on to tell me, he's like, you know, I've I've recently started coming to a to the conclusion that evolution is the right way to go. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, if evolution, like, like if you believe in evolution, then why are you here? Yeah. Why does, why does human rights matter if people came from, you know, random evolutionary processes? Where does human dignity, where does human value come from? Um, and I'm convinced that you can't defend any kind of human rights from an evolutionary position because... Yeah, it's illogical at that point. Right, because at the end of the day, it's survival of the fittest. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was... We were literally were talking at a Juneteenth thing, and I was like, man, if you're going to take that assumption, slavery was a good thing, and those black people should have just been stronger, right? Wow. Which, as Christians, we're going to be like, no, slavery's awful. That's right. Um, and But we're going to root that back in the sense that people are made in the image of God and that they have dignity and value that God has given. Mm. Um Anyway, so I, I know that was kind of a deviation, but like this, this has been some of what I've been thinking through is like, okay, how do we take topics? Um, oh yeah, also forgot to mention, but also teaching the in the department. So some of this has been like the missions and ministry department. So some of this has been kind of incorporating in the classroom setting too. I'm trying to think through how how do how do Christians constructively, critically, biblically engage our world and do so in a way that is that is thoughtful, but that is also not just kind of like on the surface. Let's, mm-hmm. like, let's get down to the trust arguments for, for whatever we're talking through. Um, 
anyway, so yeah, like that's been that's been kind of a big part of uh, of what I've been thinking through, and just really challenging some of those underlying assumptions because again, it's very loaded. And how and how anything. long have you been in that position with Cumberlands? January. I started to say, man, because I don't it's, think you we, you were here last year, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't remember that. No, man. So no, this like just started. So oh, wow, all right, good deal, man. Yeah, man. Well, uh, well, hey, if everybody <laughs> listening to the voice of Captain Nathaniel, if you want something to pray about. <laughs> Man, add Devon to your prayer list, man, because that's yeah. a huge opportunity to carry the message of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty sweet. Yeah, man. Sorry, Stephen, you muted us. Yeah, so Stephen, <laughs> you mentioned that he was here this past year. Uh, uh, last yeah, last, last summer year, you yep. did some speaking here as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll go on and ask this question here: How did you get connected to camp? Because you know that's that's <laughs> nobody comes to camp by accident. Yeah, man. It's always through somebody's connected to somebody connected to somebody. Right. God's got ways of working through all the people that way. So. Yeah. It's been funny because I've been I've been asked that like earlier today and or like yesterday and I'm like honestly I can't really remember, <laughs> um, but I think it was because Matt Fannin um, worked at Camp Nathaniel. We were kind of talking about that, or it might have been the Feltners. Anyway, I had heard of some people talk about Camp Nathaniel, so I had heard about it. And then one day, because um, I was working with Campus Ministries, Matt Schwenke came on campus and was just kind of telling us about Camp Nathaniel. And I was like, oh, cool, like that'd be a kind of a cool thing. And then I was invited to uh, to come talk to the orientation leaders and. Um, what was that two years ago at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, two years ago, and then last year came and did high school week. Um, yeah, so then this year here, nice. I, I think it, I think it was Matt. It might have been somebody else. Anyway, I can't. Sorry, really man. <laughs> Everybody kind of blends together after a while. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, yeah, man. So and, and Devon is back for our high school week this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So uh, you did something right. I mean. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just chilling. Got invited back. I know. Got invited All the back, good man. There have been people who have not been invited That's back. Fair. So preach the word, right? That's right, man. That's right. Awesome. What else we got, Lee? So as you've been invited back here, mm-hmm. um, you've been speaking in our evening sessions or yeah. chapel sessions. So I'll go on and ask, and feel free to go into the days or however you want to take it. Um, what have you been talking about this week? Yeah, so kind of the theme for this week is Challenge Accepted, or I guess the summer. Yep. It's Challenge yep. Accepted, summer. and we're looking at First uh, Peter 3.15, which is talking about um, honoring Christ Christ as, as holy in our hearts, being ready to give a defense anytime that anyone asks us for the hope that we have in us, but to do it with meekness and fear. Um, so the first night I was really asking the question, or I guess it's not a question, I was really just saying that context is key, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's important for, you know, as we get into the text, as we get into uh, even thinking about life, like how we how we respond to situation, context is going to be key because there, you know, if you don't have the full picture of something, then it's going to impact the way that you respond. It's going to impact the way that, that you live and all these different things. So um, primarily setting up the context for First Peter, who Peter was, um, the time period that Peter was writing and uh, just really challenging uh, people to take a step back and to look at the bigger picture, right? Because that's ultimately what context does. It helps us right. to get the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, we were talking about honoring Christ as holy in our hearts. We were talking um, about the fact that people, uh, that God created people to worship and honor and glorify him. And then we realized that there was a fall. And that as a result of the fall that um, <laughs> all people are, in the inclusive sense, born dead in sin. There and. You go. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, but... Um, well, I mean, I don't like that. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You like sin? No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> we got that loud and clear, right? Yeah, yeah. Cameron's <laughs> leaving like, that in. That's right. <laughs> so. um, but no, on a serious note, like, like because of Adam and Eve's rebellion, um, you know, and Adam all die. And there's a mm. sense where um, all people have this this disposition to, to sin against the, the one true God. And that's often manifested in idolatry. 
So, you know, we were looking at um, the challenge of honoring Christ, the Lord is holy in our hearts, but really just emphasizing the fact that apart from Christ, we can't do that because our natural disposition is going to be hostility towards the Lord. And we're going to look to some kind of idol, um, which is basically looking at anything that is created rather than the creator for our hope, our happiness, our security, or, or our significance. Um, so we're just kind of talking through that. Uh, today, we'll be looking more at uh, the latter half of the verse, which is talking about doing uh, giving the defense in a uh, a meek and a in a fearful way. So just more so looking at our heart posture before we get into these are gonna be the next two days, mm-hmm. getting into some of the defenses of uh, of the faith. So some of that's still kind of open as I'm having conversations with mm-hmm. some of the campers. But um, you know, one of the emphasis emphases that I want to make is just talking about the reliability of the word that God has revealed Himself to us. That we don't have to guess what God says that it you know has been given to us. That yeah. um, yeah, by God's grace, he didn't leave us without any kind of knowledge, but he's uh, He's worked through the apostles and the prophets to give us the, the written word. So, Good, good, man. That's awesome. I think that is so, that's solid uh, stuff. Where are we? Sorry. I just yeah. said that's solid stuff. Solid oh. stuff. All the good things. Okay, there we go. I'm confused. I was like, wait, where are we going with the conversation? Um, <laughs> that's good. Gregarious. That's right. Gregarious. <laughs> going to say with a British accent. And mirthful. And mirthful. Gregarious. <laughs> mirthful. <laughs> I should have started with a British accent. You know, Devon knows German too. I do. He does. What's the German word for mirthful? Oh, I don't even know, man. <laughs> where the Where the German come from now? Yeah, so I was born I'll in ask Germany. The no, no, you're good. Okay, um, just go for it, man. Just go for it. Where, where's so See, I was born in Germany. Born in Germany. Yeah, man. Yeah. Lived there till I was six. My mom's German. My dad was in the military, and um, yeah, lived there till I was six. German was actually my first language. Um, so I don't know if you can tell my thick German accent. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might have lost a little bit. Yeah, no, I definitely the, Amer- the American accent has crept in. American man. Not the English accent that we no, were doing. No, that's that right. <laughs> Apologies to any of our um, British listeners. We that's love right. you guys. Um, you should you should write to us and tell, you, tell us that you're listening. <laughs> my sister in law is in England right now, actually. Nice, but, nice. Yeah, yeah. So Germany's a pretty cool place. We went back this past... Uh, Past winter to go see my grandma for Christmas. Sweet, it was great. Nice. So did you have to go? Did you have to start speaking German again? I did. I okay. Did. So actually, the first time that we had went back since I'd left was in 2018, um, and that was even kind of a pivotal year because I thought I was either going to join the military, do um, you know, federal law enforcement at that point. But speaking of idols, the Lord had really uh, convicted me of the fact that I'd made both of those things an idol in my heart. So, mm. um, anyway, I I had anticipated that more people would speak English than they did. But my grandma lives kind of in the country, and they they don't speak English. So <laughs> they, feel, they feel no need to learn. Right. They're like, I don't like, have to. Um, so, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is okay. I have no clue what's going on right, right. now. So learned a lot there. <laughs> well, good deal. So we've talked about your ties, uh, how you've gotten into Camp Nathaniel. Yeah. We've talked about um, what it is that you're discussing this week. Uh, do, what, do we have anything else on the list at the moment? I've just got some. I've got a fun question. You got a fun question? Okay, I know we've got time for some fun questions. I know know that you've been. You haven't just been speaking in the evenings. Mm -hmm. You've been getting involved in a lot of the games and activities. And he was in even in a skit today. He was in the skit at at lunch. Yeah. So I got to ask, what's your favorite activity here at camp that you got to jump into? Let's go one. If you got to, if you got to pick your the absolute best one, I've put him on the spot now. You have. Now there's going to be this awkward silence where we just wait. Let's see what happens. <laughs> do you have a do you have a sound yeah. thing? Oh, 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 oh. Buttons here. Oh. oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'll say the noodle game. Like the one, the oh, one where you have yeah. to, what's it called? Tag a lot. Tag a lot. That's Tag-a-lot. what you sit on the buckets and you run around and try to try to hitch. That was oh, so fun. I don't know what it is, yeah, no, but it's he like, hasn't he hasn't played Tube Mania yet. Tube oh, Mania. I forgot about that. Tube Mania. We, we haven't played up. that this year. I okay. love that game. So I'm really competitive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, last year I like prided myself because I was dragging some kids and uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the two. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Or like whenever they were rolling the. Well, actually, I probably shouldn't say that. I'm the incriminating ball. myself. <laughs> Whenever they were rolling the ball, I would like, you know, hit it out of the way. And anyway, I promise your kids are safe if you're listening. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, they're fine. They're fine. They're safe. We also have a nurse on staff, so there's <laughs> that, that, there's right. always somebody here to help. If that's anything, right. If that's that right. comes into it. If anything, I'm old at this point, so I'm probably the one who needs to. Well, man, you're gonna uh, you're gonna hang out. You're gonna join us with some. Uh, the highlight of high school week a lot of times is our staff versus camper games. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. we like to get Devon in on that with us as well. So, yeah, that's uh, yeah, been fun. Yeah, the yeah. kids are really competitive. It's been, oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> They're very, very competitive. Yeah. So, man, hey, uh, we got a few minutes here in, uh, in regards to uh, – we've almost made it. We've almost made it, man. And, uh, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Let's do it. There's something we did not discuss because um, – <laughs> I'm with it. D- Devon, Devon and I, um, we, I've, I've learned over the past couple of days, and really after last year, we, ha- we, we have a lot of the same interest in regards to um, uh, what we use as far as methods of teaching and stuff yeah. along these lines. We've talked a lot about catechism. We've talked a lot about guys like Shylin and stuff that we really, mm-hmm. uh, that we really respect and are, are really appreciative of. Um, putting you on the spot for a second, what would you – anything that you would recommend – I, I I, I fear asking you this question because I'm. I, I want to ask you, man. What are some of your favorite books? For, yeah. First of all, I want to ask you that um, because I've asked that to people before, and they're like, "I love you and hate you for asking me that question," because <laughs> they just don't yeah. know. What to, but but any kind of like, uh, I mean, for people listening, any kind of like mm-hmm. resources that you would give them for, for their own spiritual walk, uh, yeah. for for them to grow closer to Christ. And we obviously mm-hmm. know that the word surpasses everything, mm-hmm. but uh, but the the good thing is is they're from they're very credible. Servants of the Lord that have mm-hmm. written legit stuff yeah, that man. we can benefit from. No, I agree with that. Yeah, man, that's a tough question. Some of that. You're well, welcome. I know. <laughs> Thank you. There's, there's, you know, you've already said the Sunday school. You, the Bible. Uh, well, but, I mean, of but, course. But, yeah, obviously, that's the. There you go. Um, aside <laughs> from just the Bible, well, not aside from alongside right. the Bible. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, I'm. That's a that's a really it depends answer because it depends you know does somebody somebody looking to do apologetics am I looking for theological enrichment it's just kind of general stuff all right I'll just I'll just start shooting out some stuff that that's kind of yeah because in 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 all fairness that was a that's a very broad yeah. question that yeah. I could give you that without giving you some categories to hit on yeah but. no that's good um let's just say general engagement uh, or I guess just like general growth. One of the things that I am a really big advocate of, uh, so obviously I'm gonna, you know, charge the the necessity to study doctrine very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I've been really benefited just by kind of having the mindset that our, our our understanding of truth, our understanding of doctrine, uh, it affects and shapes our worship. It yep. affects the way that we live. Um, theology is not this abstract thing that we kind of keep in the silo over here, but it actually informs our worldview. Um, you know, I made a I recently read this this comment. It said, um, I think it was from Calvin, where he said, the Bible's not only what we read, but what we read with, right? Mm. So it's like, again, kind of going back to the floor analogy, the very assumptions that Christians have, um, 
can be fundamentally different, right? Because we're starting right. with God. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, I'm probably going to advocate a lot of theological works. Uh, yeah, I mean, the little book on the Christian life by written by John Calvin has been really helpful, really profitable for me. And I mean, one of the things that I appreciate about it is that it's super underwhelming. Like you read mm-hmm. it and you're like, duh. <laughs> but it's like, man, but this is so good. And it's just a call for a consistent, faithful living in the midst of um, in the midst of this world and not to get yeah. tied to this world. And uh, one of the reasons why, or one of the things that he said, he's like, you know, one of the reasons why our hearts are not satisfied in this world is because there's something better, right? Like, like, like if we were content with this world, then, um, you know, like what, what would we have to look forward to? But the reality mm. is that the, uh, the supremacy of Christ, the fact that, that Christ will return and make all things new, that is uh, worth more than anything that we could ever imagine. That's mm-hmm. kind of go to the parable of, uh, you know, where Jesus is saying the dude sold his whole property or like sold everything that he had just to buy this field so he can find this treasure, right? Everything that he has so he can um, buy this field. So a little book on the Christian life would be one. I just recently read a book called Reset by a guy named David Murray. Fantastic book. Uh, the subtitle is How to Live a Grace-Paced Life in a Burnout Culture. Mm. Um, primarily it's looking uh, to kind of talk to people who are in ministry. Again, I'm going to be cut from the cloth where I would say all Christians are to be ministers uh, of the new covenant, ministers, reconciliation, all Christians are ambassadors, but this is more so kind of vocational. Um, and one of the things that he's really saying, he's like, for the sake of ministry, I'm kind of doing air quotes since you can't see, for the sake of ministry, we often neglect really crucial means of grace that God has given us, sleep, our health, yeah. uh, you know, spending time in the word, just kind of generally uh, spending time with our family, <laughs> just mm-hmm. different things like that. And um, yeah, it was just a, it was a really challenging uh, but really encouraging book too, because yeah, for the sake of again ministry, we can add on all these good things that can be glorifying mm-hmm. to the Lord, but we don't do them super well because we're burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just more of like an evaluation, and mm-hmm. then just like a good theology of how we move forward with that. That's um, good. Yeah, I found that to be really really profitable. Um, I'm reading a book called Christian Worldview by Herman Bovink right now. Herman Bovink's an early Dutch Reformed theologian, really great. Um, it's, it's kind of cool thinking about like who he was talking to. Cause he was at this time, you know, evolution was on, on the rise, uh, the sciences, uh, that was kind of on a big rise. And that's where you kind of got some of the religion science dichotomy, which isn't actually true, but he was kind of, he was kind of speaking into that and thinking, how can we think distinctively Christian with that? Um, all right. I'm actually just about to fire off some books that I would just highly recommend. <laughs> all right, go for it. Uh, go for it. Strange. Feel, oh. feel free to like pause your podcast or whatever, or like, re- Write these down. Write them down. or Because <laughs> like we don't have show notes. Reverse <laughs> Write them down. <laughs> uh, that's fair. There's just too many good books, y'all. Yeah. Uh, Again, I apologize. No, 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 but no, but good, it's good. a question I love asking. Yeah. No, I, I recently read a book called Strange, Strange New World by a guy named Carl Truman, and he kind of looks at how it's like a historical and philosophical analysis about how we've come to redefine identity. So you kind of get mm-hmm. like the transgender movement coming from some of this, and he gives a helpful Christian critique about that. Um, and again, what I appreciate is like, like he's, he's looking at like historically, here's how we got to where we're at. And it's, I mean, it's crazy, right? People have the idea that they can autonomously define who they are, right? Like mm-hmm. the autonomy is like the, the, the big thing. And it's like, no, man, I mean, we start with God again, God is the creator sustainer. He gives meaning and value to his creation. Uh, so strange new world by Carl Truman, um, the new reformation by Shylin really profited mm-hmm. from that book. Um, subtitle for that is finding hope in the fight for ethnic unity. Um, Man, oh man. Uh I mean I'm a I'm a really big Herman Bovink fan, but I feel like that's kind of he's a he's a you know theologian from the early nineteen hundreds. Um 
I've not read a lot of Calvin, but what I have read from him is really good. Grudem's pretty mm-hmm. good in terms of theology. Um, one of the things I will say, and this is just kind of thinking about books, is uh, read people that you disagree with and read broadly just to be able to refine your arguments and kind of see what they're mm-hmm. saying. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I kind of think through their outside of the outside of reading the Word of God. I would say that that two of the biggest influences that have kind of helped my theological uh, maturity has been people that like engaging people that I disagree with and mm-hmm. also engaging non-believers in their questions because mm-hmm. that, that forces me to get into the word and see, okay, what, what yeah, is the absolutely. word of God saying about these things? So that's kind of my, my little plug of like read people that you disagree with too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Yo, there's so many books. Yeah. I'm literally, <laughs> see what I've done. So I'm literally <laughs> looking at like trying to think through my bookshelf. Uh, Oh and there, he has no prep for this at all. This is no, he's just going off his memory right now. Yep, yep. I think I broke Devon. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the reason by God by or the reason for God by reason Tim for Keller God. is really nice. good. Yep, loving the city by Tim Keller is really good too. He gives a few different ways of, um, I guess, methods mm-hmm. of like cultural engagement. And again, I'm yeah. like I'm going to be coming from. You know, I think Christians should engage in culture, and mm-hmm. I think it's really good for us to be able to answer the questions because we are the like we have truth, right? Yeah. So we shouldn't be scared of any kind of objection or whatever that might be. We can engage those things with truth, mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of cool. So, um, ooh, hi, I almost missed this. Anything by John Frame? I'll just say it like that. <laughs> My <laughs> the book that I've most profited from in seminary so far has been the Doctrine of the Christian Life by John Frame. Um, Fantastic book. Fantastic book. Uh, I had to read it for my ethics class, but I'll just kind of give like a, a little breakdown. And if you feel the need to read it, then please do. Good but um, he he basically gives like an articulation of, okay, how, how like how do we think about ethics? Mm-hmm. Um, and he does it with kind of these three points, I guess, that he articulates. One, he's saying that we want to um, oh my goodness, my, my brain's blanking right now. <laughs> basically, there, oh yeah, the, the, there's the normative element. So like what is the norm or like the standard by which we should submit ourselves, which is the word of God. Okay. So we, we, we trust that there's a situational component because we realize again, that God has placed us in a particular point in, in history and time right now. So we want to take that into consideration. So again, we're looking at what is the truth of God's word, the objective truth of God's word. Um, how does that uh, impact with the, the situations that we find ourselves in? And then he has the last part It's kind of a big fancy word, but it's called the existential um, position too. So it's like, okay, there, there are elements where like our intuition or our feelings also kind of come into that because those are being sanctified too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, as we look at any kind of ethical approach or any kind of situation, we want to take those things into consideration, right? And this is kind of what I'm going to be talking about today as we look at heart posture, because, um, you know, one of the, the things that Peter challenges us with is, is meekness and meekness is kind of like strength under control, right? And depending on who we're having a conversation with, we can be like, all right, I'm going to cut you down <laughs> and there just absolutely destroy your whole argument. It doesn't make any sense or whatever. But it's like, okay, what does this person need to hear right now? And then it's like, all right, as we're led by the Spirit of God to be able to engage those things, okay, cool, let's engage that right there. Uh, we don't necessarily have to cut them down right now um, or even ever if the, if, if the Lord might have that. So anyway, he has that, and then he gives this exposition of the Ten Commandments. And... Um, one of the things that I appreciate, he gives like a narrow view and a broad view is how he is how he gives it out. So the narrow view is going to be, you know, you shall not murder. So, you know, don't shoot people in the head and kill them type thing. But then he also even goes out to say, <clears throat> OK, well, what about malice or hatred in our heart? Like like that's going to be the broader view. And even as you look at what Jesus was doing on the Sermon on the Mount, he's getting at the heart of the issue. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we can just get 
fixated on like the the narrow view, but it's like, hold up, like there are other elements too that can constitute hate, like hatred mm-hmm. towards our brothers and sisters. Um, like that can constitute that as well, or one of the things, and then I'll be done, sorry. Um, oh man, you're good, you're good. Okay. Yeah. And then like another one of the things, and I think I was just super challenged with this, but he was looking at the ninth commandment, which is talking about like, don't bear false witness against your brother. And one of the things he was saying, he's like, are we seeking to protect, um, not, not, not the integrity, but basically like, are we, are we slandering brothers and sisters, right? As we have conversations or, or uh, like even in the midst of disagreement, like you, like, are we, are we bearing false witness in the way that we're talking about other people, right? Like there's a, there's a sense in which we are still supposed to be principled in the way that we disagree with people. We're not supposed to destroy the reputation type thing. So anyway, and then at the end he gives a, um, he gives a cool little conversation about engagement with culture and how to apply all those things. So it's a, it's a really holistic, challenging, long <laughs> read. <laughs> Sorry, I went way too No, the, No, you didn't. <laughs> actually, so no. good. actually, this, this entire, the entirety of the program, we usually try to hit around the 30 minute mark. We've yeah. got one minute left. Let's go. There we <laughs> Look go. At that. Look at that. I'm doing great. Yo. So. No, man, it's great. Dude, hey, talk a lot. hey, seriously, man, I, uh, we really appreciate you sitting in with us yeah. and uh, yeah. getting to share your heart uh, just a little bit and, and what God's been doing in your life and where he's brought you and now bringing you here to camp to minister to, to these students this week, man. It's yeah. been fantastic. Yeah, the Lord's so. been really faithful. When I know that we've got um, a few people seconds. who also oh. <laughs> who work here. <laughs> no, 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 no. Different direction, different direction. We've got, we've got some staff here, I know, that are going to Cumberland's. Yeah. Um, we yep. have some students that may be listening to this that are considering different colleges and different mm-hmm. things like that. And some of you all might be looking at Cumberland's. Um, I'm going to suggest that when you get there, go and chat with Devon. Yeah. Um, come and say hi. I'm assuming I'm putting him on the spot there again, saying that, yeah, just go say hi to him. Break into whatever office he's got over there That's and good. go say hey. <laughs> um, That's why I do what I do. I love talking to students. So get connected. Um, get plugged in, um, especially when you're in college, mm-hmm. especially for mm-hmm. all of our students that are in college, because college is a very formative time for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And um to be formed in the image of the Christ, of yeah. Christ yeah. Um, would be uh, what we hope and pray for everyone who mm-hmm. is um, yeah. going to any college. Um, right. But especially if you're going to Cumberland's and you're wanting to connect with somebody there and you're like, oh, I don't know a whole lot of people or how do I get connected into ministries there? Devon is obviously connected with all of those and he can mm-hmm. get help get you plugged into all of the different ministries that are happening around campus. Yeah. Sweet. Can I play or just say something really quickly? Sure. Just on that note. Yeah. Another thing I would say, like if you are looking at Cumberland's or really any other college, make sure to look at some of the local churches around. Um, mm-hmm. because even thinking about college ministry, there's only so much that they can offer, but there's something mm-hmm. uh, special about, um, yeah, just meeting with the saints and, and being edified weekly in that way. So Most good deal. Well, man, thanks again for sitting in with us. We greatly appreciate it. And man, thankful for what God's doing in your ministry, both here at camp and at Cumberland's. Yeah, appreciate you. Thank you for having me. No problem, man. Guys, that does it for us for another edition of The Voice of Camp Nathaniel. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to go back and check out all of our previous episodes. And if you got any uh, questions, you can... I don't know if you can send us questions or not, but We've hey, the, you can. Don't we have the email? I think we have an email. I can't remember it right now. I have nothing written down. So Thanks for putting me some, on the spot. It's something like podcast <laughs> at campnathaniel.org. It might be. I want to say. You know what? We should clarify that. We're going to put it in the show notes. You know what? I've, I'm fa- I'm 100% confident that if you email podcast at campnathaniel.org, that it will either come to us or it'll kick it back as undeliverable. So go ahead. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> go ahead. I think we're safe there. <laughs> 
Uh, you can also find out more information on the camp at campnathaniel.org. With that, uh, we're out of here. Lee, it's been yep. good. It's been fun. We'll see you all in a couple weeks. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. See you.